Right. This is a robbery. Everyone put your hands up and be very cool. Oh, no. Why, why are you robbing my sausage factory? Yes, Ad. <laughs> Ashley, screw the role play. I just remembered something really funny. Go um, on then. There's a, I, I did, um, we did our eating everything in Lord of the Rings thing over the weekend. And every time I watch those films, and I've watched them a lot of times now, something strikes me that I hadn't seen before. And there's uh, the bit where Gandalf goes right at the beginning to like the big library because he reckons, oh no, I think that, that Bilbo fella's got the one ring. And he finds out that the writing on it becomes visible in fire. So he rushes back, goes to Frodo's house, chucks the ring in the fire, mm. and the writing appears on it. And then he says, right, Frodo, have it. And he holds it out with some tongs. And yeah. it's really weird because Gandalf says, it's quite cool. <laughs> and obviously, he's meaning to reassure Frodo that it won't burn him. But I love the idea of this man who showed nothing but pure <laughs> dread and anxiety over this bit of jewellery, suddenly like doing 90s like educational warning film drug dealer encouragement to Frodo. <laughs> it's pretty cool, you know. Put it on, you can see Ghost Kings. Sick, man. <laughs> so yeah, I like that. listener to this uh the electronic wireless show episode 178 the best heists in games special uh, oh, this is, is ro- yeah i emailed you oh i thought it was about best shops yeah i changed it sorry oh full oh. of a took <laughs> all right well my username doesn't my name doesn't make any sense <laughs> it sort of does <laughs> oh, okay. oh no well, that's sorry, okay Matthew. i can i can i can work it out uh, cavern might be a bit weird <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Oh no. That's fine. Don't worry. Well, if it's shop based, this... we'll just pretend we're stealing from the shop. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Sorry, Matthew. It's entirely no, that's my, my bad. I, my I, fault. I went to the I went to the magic document. Yeah, I edited I the do. magic document. Yeah. Sorry. That's my bad. Sorry, listeners. This is gonna be a wild ride. <laughs> that's a no, glimpse fine. behind the heists. I can do heists. <laughs> Oh no! Um, well, I changed it because we had a suggestion ages ago from uh, Paddy, who emailed in um, to suggest best heists, and I was like, "Oh, that's good." Um, oh well, the best best uh, heists are always done completely impromptu. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> famously, famously in in that film, Motions Eleven, Danny Ocean is like, "Let's wing it," um, but. Uh, no, Paddy emailed in to tell us about uh, the time that um, I, I think I mentioned it before, but like Ireland's only herd of buffalo were stolen and then quietly returned because 
it's it's quite difficult to pretend that they weren't the buffalo that were just nicked. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, this is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. And I'm joined this week by Daniel Lake. Hello, I'm uh, Danny Ocean's less impressive cousin. Oh, very good. <laughs> what What do you do, Daniel Lake? I um. I borrow books from the library for slightly too long. Uh, what a monster. <laughs> With the help of my friend, the demolitions expert, who then, I don't know, knocks Good. the chairs over. <laughs> wasn't prepared to, for once, I wasn't prepared to commit to the bit this the time. tank on that one, is there? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the dreary accent I went for, really made him uh, a bit of a loser. Listen, I feel like Daniel Lake is actually a worse person than Danny Ocean because Danny Ocean steals from a fat cat, you know, casino, whereas you're stealing from a social enterprise. (laughs) I will thank you to remember that he's only borrowing for slightly too long. Okay. Sticking up for Daniel. Oh, no, actually, sod him. Man's a get. Yeah, he's worse. (laughs) Uh, and we're also joined by Mystery Shopper. Sort of works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I didn't really have a uh, like a complicated bit planned for it. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll do shops next week. It's my bad, Matthew. <laughs> but it sort of works. Like maybe you're a mysterious shopper because yeah, you're about to steal everything in the shop. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> that happened. I used. I did. Um, uh, not that anyone's interested in shopping-based anecdotes, because obviously, um, uh, you know, this is about heists. I I did some work, some work experience for a uh, mystery shopping company. Yeah, did you do any good heists? No, no, it was just you know f- filling in endless databases about whether or not uh, some spod was polite when they showed you where the rice was or something. It was really very boring. We went to um, Nando's a few weeks ago, and I had the uncanny sensation that they thought we were mystery shoppers because they were treating <laughs> us like gods. Like, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the secret to good customer service is just to somehow give off the air of mystery shopper by being very mysterious. Like you wear like a Mac, and you maybe have a clipboard. <laughs> Have a clipboard. Go everywhere with a clipboard, and people are like, "Uh oh, this is the, this is him, guys." And it's not really, really a mystery, it then, though, is it? <laughs> they give you like the best milkshakes or or whatever, you know. Because <laughs> when you want. when I was working in retail, I've worked a few places. The idea of the mystery shopper was it, it was supposed to be a sort of panopticon of dread. You know, you didn't know which shopper was a mystery shopper, and so you you had to be sycophantically nice to everyone but, yeah um, i'd i'd quite like uh i'd quite like to to become a mystery shopper and disrupt the system and just get, say everyone was great all the time because i'm not a narc you know it's, it's what i always wonder about food critics because surely if you notice like jay rayner's in your restaurant you're gonna like cooking the best freaking meal you've ever cooked Maybe Jay Rayner goes to restaurants with like a, a novelty glasses with a moustache and stuff. So you don't... <laughs> Maybe. Though he has a moustache, so he's... A balaclava. <laughs> yeah. The whole time. But with a mouth hole for all the delicious food. 
I'm just really liking when you said if you if you see Jay Rayners in your restaurant, and I passed that as like plural Jay Rayners, and in, in the way like oh, if you see one cockroach, there's loads more. But, oh no, we got Rayners people. <laughs> cook like you never cooked before. <laughs> it's like dozens of them scurrying around under the tables, having raptures over eclairs. Maybe that's how he manages to review so many restaurants. Slides of him. How how are you both? Should we? I haven't asked that yet. Matthew, are you well? Yeah, fine. Just I've been very busy. I've been playing some Ghost Wire for you, mm. as in for Rock Paper Shotgun. Um, and for just us, for me, yeah. I, I pay I pay Matthew yeah. to write reviews for me. To get the inside skinny on yeah. games. So I've got such amazing taste. Can you um, play so Ghost I, Wire, Master Hobbit? So I, I, haven't, I haven't really been out in the open world. So uh, the outside world, the open world. <laughs> oh my god! That's when you know you're playing too many games when you start referring as to reality as an open world. Open world. <laughs> Do you, do you want to go for a walk, Matthew? What, in uh, the open world? In the open world of Bath. No, um, I've spoken to all the NPCs. No needs. <laughs> uh, how are you, Nate? Yeah, pretty good. As mentioned, the uh, the spectre of Lord of the Rings has, has loomed large over my last week. For, for those listeners who don't know, uh, we have an annual tradition in this house, which we suspended during the pandemic, but it's back, where... We watch the three Lord of the Rings films, the extended editions, back to back, and we eat basically a tasting menu uh, corresponding to every single item eaten on screen. And it's, it's, it's not the sort of gluttony you might expect, because uh, when you know that you've got to eat 40 meals over the course <laughs> of like, 13 hours, you make them pretty bloody small. Um, and we do a lot of the prep the day beforehand so we don't have to pause the movies because that would just make the whole thing a faff. Uh, but it's quite nice, you know, you have some obvious ones like uh, when Denethor's chomping his chicken. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, Denethor's grim dinner is my favourite one. Isn't it? You have to like eat a tomato with grim kind of. Yeah, there's sort of. There's an element. Your son of- dying. <laughs> There's role playing involved. That's it. You know, you can't just sort of daintily pick at the chicken. You have to like go at it like ten wolves eating a Wellington boot full of mints, uh, like like John Noble does in the film, <laughs> and that really just makes you feel terrible psychically. Um, so it's quite good. And things like um, there's a bit where Sam and Frodo are sort of getting quite deep into Mordor. Um, and Sam, so he brought this salt, best salt in the Shire, just in case we have a chicken or something. And they both have a think about chicken. And at that point, we do this sort of weird take on a mar- margarita um, slammer, no, tequila slammer or whatever it is, where you, you, you taste the salt and then look at a chicken. And that's Good. the chicken you have later for Denethor's right, okay. Grim Feast. So it's uh, yeah, it's layers within layers. That's okay. I, I saw a photo of a like a biscuit in a, like a leaf. Oh yeah, because the Lembus bread, the Elven bread that 
can fill a man's stomach with but a single bite. Uh, so we use Warburton's thins wrapped up in banana leaf. Um, and the thing, it's really interesting because they eat lemba spread loads of times during the film. And you've got to sort of guess your rationing. Uh, so you've still got some, like a few crumbs to sprinkle in the bin when Gollum frames Sam and fat shames him um, <laughs> in the third yeah. film. So that's and uh, probably the crowning moment, of course, is the uh, meets back on the menu, boys, the famous orc moment uh, where every year we construct an increasingly elaborate meat orc. Um, I thought you were going to say where every year we kill one of our neighbours. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, we, we, we slaughter an orc. Um, <laughs> no, it was good, actually. Ashley did uh, a rack of lamb, um, which obviously is the little ribs and we folded I had a I bought a venison carcass a few months ago and I saved the heart uh, which we put under the lamb so when it was torn open there was the orc's heart very grisly <laughs> uh, but delicious in fairness mm. how does this work with um, a child she what went to her with... grandma's for the day <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, do you tell your gra- like her grandma, can you take Tally while we watch all of the Lord of the Rings? And Or do you just kind of say, do you fancy hanging out with your granddaughter for the day? Nah, straight up. We just said, you know, look, we've had a rough few weeks. Uh, we need some decompressed time. And uh, the way we're going to choose to do that is by uh, watching 13 hours of, <laughs> uh, of Lord of the Rings while eating meals not chosen by us. It'll become, a, it'll become a kind of trauma where she'll remember like something strange used to happen every year and then one day like you know in the films we have the flashback where the kid like opens the door and has the reaction to whatever the dark act is going on inside except it's her parents eating a lot of weird snacks while watching Lord of the Rings <laughs> It's like, I'll never forget what I saw behind that door, or or I've blocked out what I saw behind yeah. that door, and it's like the in, big trauma in their detective life. In in 30 years, she'll find it. She's like, no, I've never wanted to watch Lord of the Rings. I don't know why. And then she's, she's fine. She'll be dating someone that's like, no, it's really good. And then it will get to Denethor's grim dinner, and she'll have to like storm out of the room <laughs> in a cold sweat. <laughs> Just screaming meats back on the menu, boys, at weird moments. And people are like, what the hell was that about? And you're like, I honestly don't know. I must have repressed something from childhood. I mean, I pretty much do that in my social life anyway, so she, she might just be taken after her dad on that front. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just quickly, there's quite an interesting Henry Cavill update this week. Oh, please. So he posted a picture on his Instagram, which is a, a still from a film that he's currently uh in or is being is in production uh, and the film's called Argyle um it's directed by Matthew Vaughan um from an adaptation of a debut novel that is not out yet and will not in fact be out until September of this year um which I thought was okay. quite an interesting way of doing I don't so I don't know when the film is going to come out relative to the actual book coming out um but it's about a spy who suffers from amnesia and is then convinced that he's not a spy he's actually a spy novelist oh uh, that's quite I, good isn't it 
I'm not sure if it's a dramedy. I don't know how straight it's played, basically. But one would imagine, surely, there'd be some japes in there. Yeah, I would hope that's big lols, to be honest. Argyle sounds like a remake of Argo starring Popeye. There you go. That's it. He's out of here, ladies and gentlemen. He's gone. (laughs) I I, I don't think we can do better than that. Close down the podcast. I didn't know if I should even have shared that thought. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how Popeye speaks? I don't know. I honestly don't know. This was a tweet I did once, but whenever anyone talks about the anime Sailor Moon, I always just think of the moon with Popeye's face going, Oi, oi, pits the earth. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's the tweet. That's why you see so many teens at anime conventions dressed up as Popeye on the moon. (laughs) It makes sense. Gender swapped Popeye, yeah. Sexy Popeye. Oh my word. Sexy Popeye. That's, That's a hot just reg- idea. It's just regular Popeye, am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to get us out of this this morass oh, this is, that we've fallen into. <laughs> well, that uh, sexy Popeye could be your cover identity. Um, you could infiltrate an anime convention as sexy Popeye, I I would do that while Matthew yeah. scales the outside of the hotel to where you have dressed as a safe to consume all the hotel's valuables, and and Matthew's gonna like install a water slide uh, <laughs> at the window so you can slide down. Yeah, that's what's happening. It's a heist. Very good, impressive work. barely landed that (laughs) oh trust me after my absolute god awful Argo remark anything goes (laughs) (laughs) I am now though before we actually talk about heists in games I'm wondering like sexy Popeye is either the best or the worst thing to dress as if you're doing a crime because everyone will remember you being at the scene because you're the sexy Popeye but (laughs) arguably are they going to remember what you actually look like or will they just I like the idea of I like the idea of of witnesses in the bank talking to the police sketch artist and they're like well it was I just uh I guess it was kind of like a sexy Popeye (laughs) he was like this gurning sailor with massively distended (laughs) forearms but weirdly bangable (laughs) (laughs) and then the news readers being like police in london are asking for witnesses to come forward in relation to a a jewel theft in 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 oxford street today witnesses report seeing a sexy popeye (laughs) (laughs) that'd be good Uh, if i ever did one of those police sketch things I'd be really tempted to just describe the face of the person doing the sketch and see what happens. <laughs> what a git move. So he draws himself and then gets really scared. <laughs> oh God. What scared in case he did it and forgot? <laughs> or like just to see his own face gradually appearing on the, on the page. 
What a monstrous thing to do to a human being. That is very funny. <laughs> I know. Then I'd be like, only joking. That's you. Here's here's the actual murderer. Only joking. I wasted about forty five minutes of your time. I think we're going to catch the murderer in those forty five minutes. <laughs> What's forty five minutes in the grand scheme of things? Come on. <laughs> oh man, that's classic glass banger mentality. <laughs> the glass banger lifestyle. <laughs> that's my YouTube channel. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, uh, heists and games. I'm going to kick us off this time because I think I've got a good one. Do you remember Spy Party? Uh, yes. I it's don't. Th- what was Spy Party? Well, it's still in early access. Um, it came into early access in 2018. It was pretty big. It's sort of like a two-person Among Us. Um, uh, and actually, I looked at the Steam page again just before this. Uh, and it says, like, how long will it be in early access? And he said, like, I, I'm bad at estimating things, but I think about two years. Uh, and that was four years ago now. So, um, but it's really good. So basically, uh, one of you is a spy at, like, an elegant dinner party. And it has, like, you know, a bunch of people at the party. Um, and it will be in an apartment. So, either like, a sort of fancy kind of hotel room or, like, a a kind of 30s like white walled apartment with like art and stuff and um you one of you is the spy and you have to go around and do um a number of tasks from a, a list i think you have to do like maybe three or five and it will be like steal this bit of information uh make contact with uh, a double agent um you know do this that and the other and you have to do that in in a way that does not reveal you are not a computer controlled npc oh so, so kind have... of like do you remember hidden in plain sight no yeah, yeah oh, I it's guess. great fun it's the same basically uh and then the other player is playing a sniper and mm. uh can look you know 360 around the apartment and look at it from different angles through all the windows and has to shoot the person they think is the spy before the time limit runs out. It's and really, it's really good. good. Really good. Super. Cause you're, it's, it's really fun if you play it with like someone, you know, and you're on like voice chat with each other because you can try and like psych each other out where, you know, if you're, you're kind of like, Oh, I'll just pick this up. And you're trying to say stuff to kind of lure them around the room into thinking that you're doing something you're not. Oh, um, you've got to do things like switch out like an idol at one point for like another idol, and, yeah. and so one way they can tell it's you is if they see that idol suddenly change. They're like, "Well, it's obviously the person standing right next to it." So, you, yeah, yeah, it's so good. Or like when you make contact with with your you know informant, uh, it plays a recording of the developer saying "banana bread" and banana the, bread. The the spy the sniper can hear that. But you also, as as the spy, can make it say banana bread whenever you want. <laughs> so you're tr- that's the-, the other thing. It's like try- the, the real. It's trying to set someone up. It's not just trying to get away with it. It's trying to make them shoot an innocent man by yeah. saying banana bread. <laughs> okay, this has gotten quite confusing now. Still into it, but <laughs> so like so like if I if Matthew was my informant and you were watching us, 
when I, as the spy, go up to to speak to Matthew, you will hear in your ear banana bread. Okay. Um, how so? <laughs> however, as the spy, I can also wait for someone else to go and speak to Matthew, and then make it play banana bread. So I can't stop it saying banana bread to you when I talk to Matthew, but I can make it say banana bread at any other time I choose to, to try and throw you off. Bames nons having a strong call the bondulence. Yes. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> but it's a really good game. And one of the things I like about it is that um, you can draw. Like, I think you play like five rounds or something. Uh, or two. No, you play four rounds. Like, you play an even number of rounds. So it's possible to draw and and for no one to win, um, which I like. And I think because the developer, I think, is like Canadian or not I might be mixing this up with another game but basically like uh, the developer sees nothing wrong with there not being a winner and like American devs who play tested it were kind of like but who how, who, who's going to win like who's going to win the Super Bowl kind of thing and the guy was like, <laughs> like great <laughs> that's what Americans say that's all Americans care about exactly like that yeah <laughs> like the, the American devs like culturally sort of preferred there to be like a clear winner like best of three or whatever but the <laughs> dev was like in the super bowl <laughs> uh i like that when you're playing it when you're picking your character you start thinking is one of these characters going to draw the eye more because there's like yeah. a slightly fatter guy or someone who's got slightly more kind of outrageously colored clothes and you you just it's like an old lady and like, you start yeah. thinking like super deep of like and as the sniper, you're like, who do I think they will pick as well? And there's just mind games upon mind games in that game. It's also You'd quite like scary to. as as the yeah as the spy because you can see their laser sight, can't you? Yeah. So you can tell if they're looking at you or they're looking at the other side of the room, and that's when you try and do naughty stuff. But there is when that thing is like scanning over the heads of everyone in the room, and you're like, "Am I busted? Like, do they know it's me?" And they're just taking their time to shoot me later, or because some people toy with their prey. Um, yeah, I found it quite scary. It is, I'd really like to play this with you two. To be honest, this could be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's worth. Yeah, it's good. It's a good game. I think yeah. we played it on stage at um, EGX. Back back in the vidbud days. Yeah, I remember you playing it. Yeah, in some sort of vidbud capacity, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a video of of me and Noah playing it, um, and sort of Noah just murdering me again and again. <laughs> just, it's a good bonding exercise. Uh, Nate, what about you, Daniel Lake? <laughs> yeah, so I actually struggled with this one quite a lot because I. I was. I only found out at the last minute that heist has to be a theft, um, as opposed to just sort of general executing a wild plan with your mates. Just bants. Well, I think. Yeah. I think your own heist. Vibes. Is, I think like a. I think that probably qualifies for this chat. Um. So yeah, I was. I was really struggling to think because without going, you know, to yeldy classics like Dishonored, because um, I don't play too many games with mm. that sort of stuff in, um, and you know, I had too much respect for the podcast 
to try and convince everyone that like the science victory in Civilization Five can be considered a heist. <laughs> oh, oh! Now you have too much respect. <laughs> Listen, I'm growing as a character. This is my arc. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of just like Wiley Coyote here. Uh, having run off the cliff, <laughs> staring desperately at the camera while pinwheeling my legs. Well, I've got a heist. Yeah. I've thought of a heist that isn't Darling. a shop, <laughs> as I had originally planned. Um, I think it's a heist. The The New York DLC for Hitman 2 is set in a bank. And oh, yeah. one of your objectives is to rob the bank and it's kind of tied to the assassination. You've got you've got people to um there's like some data I think it is that you're trying to steal from the bank and you can either like steal it from the vault outright or you can assassinate three people who have like pieces of the data and there's people you can kill to get the bank card and there's, so there's lots of different routes into into the 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 bank into the the vault itself i think you can do it without ever going into the vault um unless i'm completely misremembering it um but there's definitely like two big things through it but that's got that's got like proper you know you're obviously sneaking in stealing security guard uniforms so you can get nice and close mm. um making all the people who are in the little security room next to the vault have a, have a nice little sleep um or the eternal sleep if you want um, you have that choice um and uh uh yeah and then you go into the vault and there's lots of sort of lasers for you to sort of crawl under and things so it's got i think it's you know in that kind of way that like a lot of hitman levels sort of exist in that sort of cinematic version of the real world where everything's a bit heightened this is kind of exactly what you want from a bank it's got mm. big red lasers everywhere and a vault full of expensive <laughs> paintings and a giant door opens very slowly and it's got in the smaller regular bank bits, which you can sneak in and rob little things from. Um, that's a really good level. I I seem to remember, was it the VidBuds who did that dressed as a clown? Yeah, oh. we, we did a stream of it. It's like the one time I think one of our streams really landed in that I absolutely panicked and I ended up running out of the bank, but... <laughs> I ended up running through about 10 uh, plate glass windows in a row. <laughs> and it wasn't intentional. Like, p- people think it was put on, but it really wasn't. I was just panicking, and everywhere I went, there was glass. <laughs> and I was just running through while Alice was howling. And it's, if I do say so myself, I think it's like the probably the comic highlight of our time on Rock Paper Shotgun. <laughs> I just remember you being dressed as a clown. Yeah, like... it was that, yeah. Just a sad clown trying to withdraw money from me. <laughs> <laughs> that level's got the good bit as well, where you can get a job at the bank to basically get further access to oh, it. Yeah. And you go in and they interview, and you, you basically have to give them the most psychotic answers in order to get a job there. Um, but I think they do like a, uh, what's the, like the ink block, in, ink blot test. And you have to oh, yeah. keep saying like really sinister stuff, like I see. <laughs> I see like guns and money and like eternal riches for myself and they, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, brilliant. You're really like, you're on the same wavelength as, as our bank. It's very subtle the, satire. The money grind set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, an obvious one is thief. 
surely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thief 2 has the famous bank, like a proper bank bank that you rob. Yeah. Um, but it's been a long time. I can't... It's actually quite interesting that, like, Thief, Dishonored, um, Deus, Deus Ex, Ex, a lot of immersive, a lot of immersive sims have a bank robbery level. It's something about bank robbing obviously aligns with the mindset of people who make those games. I guess it's the meticulous planning and executing an audacious plan is mm. kind of what those games are fundamentally about. So yeah. a bank sits well with it. Oh, that makes me think. Desperados 3 has big heist energy. Mm. Because one of the things I like about heist movies and using Ocean's Eleven as an example is all of the the sort of weirdos they've got together with all their special skills and they might all be quite socially dysfunctional, but they all have their moment to shine in the heist. Um, and that's very much how Desperados plays because everyone's, you know, oh, I, I don't know about them socially. Um, they've certainly all got their special skills and I think, yeah, the satisfaction of getting them all to work together in, in three was pretty grand. You like that one as well, didn't you, Matthew? Yeah, there's there's actually there's a a really fun level in Desperados Three where it kind of takes place after a heist, and they've all um, they've all got like massively drunk, and you wake up like hungover, and it's just it's just the the main guy whose name escapes me now, like main cowboy McCoy, or actually no, it's not McCoy because there's Doc. Troy Fist fight, let's call him that. Yeah, whatever his name is, I've, I've forgotten. But, and you have to go around town kind of like finding all your drunk pals and slowly like building your squad up. But as you go around the town, you can see there's always angry people like looking for you and your friends and you don't really know what you've done. And as you do the level, you gradually kind of piece together, like just from the sort of environmental storytelling that like they they try to like rob this bank and they drag this you know there's like a safe in the middle of the high street and all these like tire marks and half the bank's been like ripped to shreds and it's just kind of like dude where's my car but for bank robbing (laughs) 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 that's really fun that's a really great little level in there um but yeah there's otherwise there's i mean most of the levels are killing people rather than robbing people but you know if you if you think it starts with that awesome train robbery yeah, that's really good. I mean, that, that game is just absolutely amazing. Like, every, it's, it's a cracker, isn't it? It's got so many good levels. There's a really good level where you have to um, kidnap a guy from his party. He's like this sort of second in command to the big baddie, and he's having this like opulent. He lives in this like grand mansion with like a big, you know, on the river with like a big fireworks display and everything. And um, you can either like kill him or kidnap him but i think one of your characters has got like a possession skill and if you kind of play your cards right you can possess your target and then kind of kidnap himself by like walking out of his party that's really good (laughs) that's like a heist Uh, you can heist a soul i think that's what murder is heisting a human (laughs) being you're stealing them you're stealing their life Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) So murder is a heist, but you are heisting a soul. But then, yeah, that makes me think of those uh, piracy videos. You wouldn't heist a soul. (laughs) 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 
you can't do anything with it afterwards. Like, you can't, you know. Well, like, it depends. If you keep a trinket or a key, you know, from them, you can look at it and remember what you did. That's just being a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is a serial killer but the master soul heister? 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 Heisterman? <laughs> I, I, if, if Ocean's Eleven had been about Danny Ocean killing 11 people and then... <laughs> And then keeping a photograph and and like their watch or whatever. I, f- I feel <laughs> like it would have been... Hair. Can you imagine him getting all his mates together in a room? Like, okay, listen up. <laughs> this is going to be a complicated job. It's our one last job together. What we're going to do is lure a stranger into the woods and beat them to death with a wrench. <laughs> and I'm going to keep one of their teeth. Everyone got it? <laughs> Everyone just looks at each other, <laughs> very frightened and upset. Brad Pitt would still crack wise. Yeah, he just chomps down on a sandwich and gives a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow, we've turned the banter jeep hard left into a swamp, haven't we? Well, I mean... Likewise, as well, that's quite a good gambit for uh, a, a defense lawyer. <laughs> Being like, he's not a murderer. He's he's a a, a, a thief, a thief, a jaunty trickster, much <laughs> like Danny Ocean in Ocean's Eleven. And would you convict Danny Ocean? <laughs> Oh, the legendary ocean defense <laughs> <laughs> works every time. <laughs> Once what again, about... Matthew reveals something deeply concerning <laughs> that suggests he's a murderer. <laughs> no, that's not true. My, what was that thing about chocolate puppets? I swear that was a thing. It's about yeah, you entombing people. people in chocolate shells. By, mm. Yeah, like like Big Easter. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, what about, I mean, we can't talk about heists without talking about GTA 5, which is heists the game. I've got GTA 5 as well, yeah. Because obviously in that, I think that's, like, regardless of what you think about the rest of the game, I think that that's the only GTA where, like, I think the story kind of holds up a bit in that the guy has to owe loads of money and then has to do loads of mad mm. heists to pay it off. And you're like, that makes sense. Like, that does that's, make sense. That's, that's got quite a good through line, I think, because you always know what you're working towards. It's getting money mm. from the heists. Um, yeah, and the heist bits are some of the most fun bits. Oh, they're really good. They're great, yeah. Like doing your planning and you have your little team. Oh, well, it's like, great. You, you, have a, you have a few picks, don't you? You can kind of like, you can sort of decide, you sort of case the joint and work out if you're going to do it one yeah. way or the other. You know, are you going to go in loud or are you going to try and put everyone to sleep with some kind of sleeping gas? And then you get and to like, hire... Like a few select maniacs who help you yeah. on the on the the robbery, and like so how much time semi... before the cops arrive and stuff. And mm. is it a bit immersive semi then? Mm. That's maybe taking it a bit too far. In um, a kind of quite in like quite a scripted way. There's basically like two versions of most of the heists, and it changes like your approach. Like in one, you just go in all guns blazing from the front, or you might sneak in with like a little submarine or something. It's um and they by the end of it they're all just absolutely mad like huge action movies because there's one where you wear those um 
those like mad bulletproof suits that kind of cover your entire body. Oh yeah, and it's basically just you with a minigun like churning up a t- like small town America. <laughs> Do you mean like a knight suit of armor, or like the business from the Hurt Locker for the yeah bomb the Hurt Locker suit? Yeah, wow. You're just wearing like a big bomb disposal suit and like just literally mowing down like hundreds and hundreds of cops. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty full on. And you you also reggae, get yeah. you also and that as as we've as we've established that that makes it only a greater heist because you <laughs> heist you heist so many policemen that day. Oh, you do. Yeah, that's what he says. He shouts out that line, doesn't he? He's like, "I yeah. love heisting all these policemen." <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you're a developer listening to this, please hire Matthew to do voice acting in any <laughs> all of your games. We're gonna get him in one day. <laughs> Imagine if in GTA Six you go and do like a robbery and just one of your mates, like an NPC, is just like <laughs> just Matthew Castle. A plumbing love crime. <laughs> I bloody love robbing souls. <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, my Henry Campbell, of course. Of course, yeah, indistinguishable um, from the real thing. Lots of people like the heist that's a bit like Heat from GTA Four, um, but it's also really, really difficult and it's got horrible checkpointing. So for me, it wasn't like a big, cool cinematic thing. So you end up like running through the streets, as in Heat, um, and then yeah. running through the underground. But I mainly got shot a lot. Um, uh, this is the thing. I really like the idea of these games more than I like uh, doing them because I'm not very good at them. Like I am, I am not very good at making a plan and then executing a plan. Um, yeah, I am mostly just very bad at heists. Like there was um, this game that came out a couple of years ago called The Occupation, um, which is about like you're an investigative reporter and you go to like a sort of mysterious government place. Um, that has like a it's got like a bunch of data on like immigration and stuff or something and there was an explosion there so you're going to investigate the explosion and you have like it's all real time so you have like 45 minutes or something real time before you get to interview each of the people you're going to interview and in that time you can scurry about try and avoid getting caught by the um uh, security guards and stuff and find damning evidence but i was really bad at it I couldn't figure out any of the puzzles or like not get caught. And so I was just a really, just a really journalist because I just, I just had to be like, yeah, sounds legit. I haven't, I haven't got anything to prove otherwise. (laughs) There must be some great heists from the world of like point and click stuff because you, you, you like adventure games, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Yeah. Are you trying to? St- I swear, in one of the Monkey Islands, you're trying to steal something. You're uh, always trying to steal, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You're just trying to pick up stuff, and what is stealing but like spicy picking up? Stealing hours of the player's time. So many sound bites this episode. <laughs> spicy picking up. That's so good. Or clever buying, as I like to call theft. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You do. You don't really. I don't know if you do heists exactly. It's just like you'll steal stuff by like waiting until 
an NPC is like looking the other way or something. And That's then you not have really to, like, a heist, is it? But it's not. It doesn't feel very heisty. There's um, there's definitely some heists in Red Dead Redemption too. Oh, I, I haven't played enough of it to corroborate. Oh yes, like you, um, like, when you break. Well, there's does it a jail breaks a heist? You're stealing someone's freedom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love that mission where there's the the old gang member who you're breaking out of jail in that really picturesque little mountain town, and like Arthur just wants to do it all very sensibly, and the guy's just a horrible maniac. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and no matter what you try, he just rips up the body count, <laughs> and you just end up. It's a great bit of writing. Because he's like, oh, ain't it great to be back together again? And you're thinking, no, it's not. I really hate this guy. I wish the character could say that. Actually, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that is that's the problem with the sort of the in 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 Red Dead. Like, I, I don't know if this is Ludo narrative wasp names, but like, I wish you could role play it a bit more than you can, because sometimes like there is just. Your feelings are 180 degrees from the things that Arthur then goes and and, and does. Like you want to be able to press X to give someone the finger. Yeah, just no. You, you you're vile. I'm going to bury you in this hedge. You, you uh, <laughs> I have a faint memory of doing a, a similar. There's another jailbreak where you're in a hot air balloon. Do you remember that? What? There's a bit where you, you go in like I don't a hot. Think I got that far in the game. I got oh, right. There's a bit where you go. You go in just a... went wildlife watching forever. You you sort of go in this hot air balloon to sort of spy on a prison camp, and then you I think you snipe people from the balloon, or the balloon crash lands in the prison camp, and you have to do a big exciting escape. Oh that's... wait, like in the Mexico zone? Uh, no, that's no. It's like the northwest of the map, I think. Um. Yeah, that's 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 a thing, and there's definitely um, th- there's there's some fun stuff in Red Dead Two where, like, not scripted story missions, but if you go into some shops, you can sometimes like overhear NPCs talk about like, oh, there's a shady operation in this shop, and then you can like rob the shop and be like, take me to your secret back room, and you go in there and there'll be some like a couple of guys. You get to kill them and you get to sort of steal all their money from their little safe house. I always really like that. Oh no, that one was really dark because they just had like a boy imprisoned. <laughs> it's really upsetting that one. I remember it all, all too well. Yeah, good old Arthur, <laughs> miss him. Maybe yeah. I'll go and finish that game. Yeah, well, you should. You should. It's got it's, it's good, some, some good some good hot balloon action, hot air balloon action. I heard it was very sad at the end. <laughs> And so I thought if I just didn't let the plot progress, then Arthur could just live in a sort of a, a sort of, you know, timeless paradise of animal it's, beasting. Well, it's sort of sad, but it's also you have like like there is a ticking clock of sorts involved, but there isn't because it's an open world game, you're free to do whatever. So it that's that's a big case of the old lunar narrative yeah. what's it's because on one hand, everyone's like, oh, well, this isn't great for this guy. But on the other hand, mm. you've just spent like 10 hours tracking a legendary beaver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's missed the priorities, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, I seem, to, I seem fine. <laughs> I always take a perverse joy in that when like, you know, you complete a mission and the NPC's like, now hurry back to camp. I'll meet you there. And 
then you just go on like a four day expedition yeah. to like fight a train and eventually <laughs> saunter back and they act as if you haven't just been missing for a yeah. week. You sort of sh- blood in a cutscene and then you go and play darts for five hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> magic yeah uh unless there's any more for any more then that might be the end of the heists like the only other one i was going to shout out was was the payday games oh yeah is, of course. which is like it's just heist i've never game, really understood them because they're quite technical like co-op online mm. first person bank robbing games and i've only ever played with strangers online and it's and it basically plays out like a real bank robbery in that there's always some extreme hothead who knows how to play the game getting really <laughs> cross that no one else is doing what they're meant to be doing and like i've been killed by people i've been playing with like they've gone into the bank and decided that i'm just sort of dead weight and would i would rather be gone than than be in the bank robbery with them or they get really mardy over voice chat going like you better press x by the shutters and you're like all right man <laughs> calm down it's not real bank robbery uh, beastly behavior oh it's horrible it's really it's full of people who like the kind of person who spends hundreds of hours pretending to be a bank robber is probably not a good person in real life uh, but, but if so... they did like if they did try to rob a bank in real life using only the knowledge they'd gained from playing hundreds of hours of payday it probably wouldn't go that well <laughs> yeah like if you they can always just turn tell the and... ones because they've, they've picked the John Wick skin for themselves and you're like oh here we go here he is shouty really impatient John Wick that famous characteristic of his <laughs> <laughs> Dumb game. More like John, bit of a dick. Yeah. Hey, I'm go. glad his dog got killed. Yeah, the dog was horrible as well. <laughs> it was probably a really angry dog. <laughs> Just backpedalling together here from the advocacy of dog murder. <laughs> uh, uh, dog soul heist. <laughs> Please. The n- <laughs> The new game, Dog Souls. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Putting the batter in Battersea. Right. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> well, I do. I do love the the dichotomy, the the kind of strange conflict at the heart of of Nate, because Nate lo- genuinely loves, I think, all animals. But when presented with an animal in a video game, he will almost immediately try and murk it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the truth. It's God's honest truth. Well, I will never hurt a virtual animal, but I hate real animals. <laughs> Once again, Matthew and I prove to be each other's yin and yang. <laughs> the dark mar- uh, the the dark mirror, which is Mario and which is uh, Waluigi. <laughs> We are Wario. Wario, Wario yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we are literally mutual Wario's. Mystery. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, let's head into the uh, thematically uh, incoherent couple of lies. <laughs> <laughs> So I need to give you a heads up. Uh, I yeah. thought this was a cavern of lies about shops, but yeah, saying that, 
it, it was still not particularly well tied into shops. So we've, <laughs> we've taken a real detour with this one. <laughs> We're two degrees away. All right. So yeah. some of them involve shops. Okay. Um, you are both journalists for a Tokyo newspaper. Congrats Ooh. on your new jobs. Um, and you've been given five stories about local business happenings that happened in the Yakuza games. Ooh, but okay. Only three of these top news tips are true and actually happened in the Yakuza games. Two were planted by Yakuza thugs who are trying to humiliate the newspaper after they printed a negative story about their boss. Oh, yeah, that's what they did. They, do you know what? You could have gotten away with this. I don't think we would have realised. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, this is solid. So, yeah. yeah, your job is to sniff out the two things that didn't happen in Yakuza, and they're all based on Yakuza side missions. I tried to make them about ones which are tied to shops, but it's kind of hard because not all of them are about that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you five side those... stories in Yakuza, and you've got to, you've got to work out which two are bogus. I was just going to say, can I roleplay one of those horrible men on Twitter who just shows up under any heartwarming anecdote muttering, didn't happen? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you've got to say. When you've identified the, the, the real fake, the real fake, you have to say, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Right. So the first side story is called Baby Don't Cry from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Okay. A man is being threatened by a gangster for his baby formula. After fighting the gangster, you hear the cries of a baby and rush off to find hot water to make the formula for the man. And so you go around some shops, you get hot water and you return to him. But when you follow the source of the cries, you find yourself in an adult creche and have to fight a group of (laughs) businessmen who are wearing diapers. Right. So you fight them off. It's all fine. Uh, and then at the end of it, to make peace, they say, we're just adult babies doing our thing. Please don't be cross with us. I'm paraphrasing. Um, why don't you share our baby formula with us? And if you drink that baby formula with them, you earn their respect and you can then summon a giant man baby to come and help fight with you in combat. What a okay. dark bargain. <laughs> So that is story number one, Baby Don't Cry. Okay. All right. Story number two. I really hope that's true, because imagine if you had made that up. (laughs) Story number two is Pet Shop Pandemonium in Yakuza Kiwami 2. Kiryu hears a disturbance in a nearby pet shop and goes in to investigate. The panicked owner said that he recently started to work with an animal smuggler to get rare breeds of cats and dogs but that his last order was more than he bargained for. He got a wild panther. The panther is now loose in the back of the shop, and he needs someone to deal with it. Kiryu then has to fight the panther, um, and fans note that this is basically a reskin of a fight with a tiger that he has elsewhere with the game, but whatever. Uh, And after you fought the panther and subdued it, the owner decides to stick to safer animals, and becomes a shop that exclusively sells hamsters. Hmm. Okay. So that's I'm Pet Shop Pandemonium, a panther not, fight. Not sure about that one. Carry on. Next, I liked it. I hope that one's real. <laughs> Next up, we have Runaway Robot from Yakuza 6. 
you're walking down a street and a robot vacuum goes whizzing by with a desperate man chasing after it. He's weirdly obsessed with the robot, treating it like his best friend. He even picks up all the nasty trash himself so his friend doesn't have to suck up anything unpleasant. But the robot has just sucked up his engagement ring, so you need to get it back. So you start chasing the robot Hoover around the streets of Tokyo, uh, and it stops by three homeless men, who it then upsets by saying, Dirt detected. It says, Dirt detected, dirt detected. And the homeless men are like, What the hell? You can't say that about us. So you then have to fight off the homeless guys to save the robot vacuum cleaner. You get the ring back. Uh, and the whole story, it brings together the couple. And <laughs> the conclusion is that while Kiryu was originally quite suspicious of the robot Hoover, he actually decides that technology isn't so bad after all. <laughs> well, that one was a wild ride. It was, yeah. It had everything. So that was Runaway Robot in <laughs> 6. Now he's either laughing because he's laughing at himself for having made that up or because it's funny to read out. It's, it's funny and it's real. Yeah, okay. I just loved how he said homeless man like it was a professional. <laughs> like Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> homeless man. Um, use your noodle from Yakuza 5. You enter a noodle shop and find the owner despondent about his lack of business. The noodle shop down the street has taken all of his clients and he wants to know why. Clients, customers, whatever. You visit the rival shop and find the owner to be a deeply unpleasant man. He's very rude to his customers, but people can't get enough of his noodle broth secret ingredient. So you end up following the owner to find the source of his broth, and it leads you to a stream in a nearby park. But you also realise that it's downstream from where a load of homeless guys piss in the water. The owner turns up, you threaten to reveal his secret, and then you fight him, ultimately throwing him into the pissy stream. Okay. More homeless men. There are a lot in Yakuza. Mm. Okay. All right. Finally. I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Finally, we have Passport to Pizza from Yakuza 0. Kiryu helps heal a distraught young lady who tells a story of how she escaped from her job at a sexy club. He also notices that she pronounces P words with a B. So she says, please, instead of please, and passport instead of passport. All she she then tells you that what she really wants is a pizza. And so you go to find her a pizza. This takes you around the houses trying to find a pizza before a timed minigame where you need to return the pizza without bumping into anyone. When you get back, you find out it's all been a big misunderstanding. She actually wanted a visa, not a pizza. Her angry pimp then turns up. You beat some manners into him, and then everyone enjoys the pizza. <laughs> I, I'm very sorry. Was Tobias Peckford involved in that? <laughs> <laughs> everyone, he beats up the pimp, and then they eat the pizza together. And it's lovely. What a lovely end to this quest. Okay, all right. So you've got five choices. You've got giant men pretending to be babies in Baby Don't Cry. You've got fighting a panther in Pet Shop Pandemonium. You chase a hoover in Runaway Robot. You throw a man into a into a urine-filled stream in Use Your Noodle. And you help someone uh, get a pizza that she doesn't want in Passport to Pizza. Okay. This is horrifically difficult. <laughs> Okay, I'm pretty sure the Baby Don't Cry one 
is real, or at least I remember seeing like some screenshots of adult babies. So he may, maybe the adult babies are in it, but the, but that's the only, that's the only clue I've got. So I'm saying that one's real. Yeah, I recall that in the Yakuza discourse, like the, um, you know, the, the sort of stuff you absorb secondhand. So I think that's real. Uh, I also, I kind of buy Runaway Robot. Uh, I'm not sure about that one actually. That's that's the one I'm getting didn't happen vibes from. <laughs> I'm getting didn't happen vibes from Use Your Noodle. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the piss hurling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it must be said. I'm not certain about that myself. Um, but that and the robot, I think, are the ones for me. The other ones were the, the panther, the reskin of the tiger fight. Just mm. sounds so legit game development that. But it also might be like because he 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 knows maybe we'd be like, well, did they make a panther thing just to put in, you know, a, a little mini fight against a panther? Because that's a lot of work. So then he's the seeded is the definition of nightbite as well. He's he's seeded that it was a reskin. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Don't don't you no? Don't you? Mm. That would be a that would be a a cunning double cross. Uh, okay, I think the pizza one is real. Yeah, I I I genuinely be concerned about Matthew if he'd come up with that. It's so <laughs> just unhinged. Um, <laughs> I mean, none of them are fully hinged, I would say. Well, the the, the uh, robot one feels most like the work of a man with a solid psyche, which is why I'm inclined to think it's made up. I I think Use Your Noodle is definitely made up. I just can't decide between that and the pet shop one. And I'm actually leaning towards the pet shop one, but you... Well... Should we do the thing where we each go for a different one and one of us will die and one of us will live? Okay. Do you know what my reasoning is as well? I don't think that two... This is what I always say. Like, If if one thing appears twice, then it's usually one of those is going to be fake. It's not always true, but I don't think that two... He would have made up two missions featuring homelessmen. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, yeah. Do you know what that is? That sound cavern theory. I'm joining you. Yeah, the noodle one is the the nonsense. So I think noodle and I would go for the pet shop one with the the panther fight. But who, who wants to step up first? Imagine that you're stepping up to a yakuza thug and you're going to throw a story in their face. All right, I'm well, going to. Th- <sighs> I'm going to throw. As you know, you. Nate, you do the noodle one because we're pretty certain of that one and I've taken the gamble on the, the pet shop one. So you go first, Nate. Okay, then. Yeah, I'm going to chuck a load of like noodles and piss at the gangster. To which I look you dead in the eye and say, mm. Oh, la, la. It was fake. Uh, you were right. Oh, thank phew. God. Okay. I live this day. Okay, all right. Who's, who's next? Who dare chuck another story in my face? I'm going <laughs> to... Chuck a panther. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose if I'm wrong, the panther will turn its rage on me. <laughs> you chuck a panther, and it passes right through me because it never existed. It Hooray! was. Yeah! 
You, you we saw through my lies. I wasn't zany enough, clearly. We beat the Yakuza. God uh, damn it. God oh, that damn was it. Very I knew good, I shouldn't Matthew. have put Honusman twice. <laughs> Which, okay, we, we, we're gradually becoming masters of lying now as we work out all the rules. <laughs> we're just becoming perfect at falsehoods within this really specific context. Lying, or as I like to call it, a truth heist. <laughs> <laughs> Clever honesty. Quick, let's get out of here b- before the before the yakuza men have time to uh, to gather themselves and attack us. Zoom. <laughs> that was really good, Matthew. I'm sorry. Do you know sometimes I'm sorry when we win. You know. Oh, that's okay. I just you know, I'll get you one of these days. Sometimes you do. It'll load his heart up with more anger to beat us next time. Yeah, I think we. Nate's right. We are just getting good at, at yeah. figuring out how each other, how each other's lies work. <laughs> anyway, that's all we have time for this week on the Electronic Wireless Show, uh, the best heists and games special. Uh, all that remains now is for recommendations, because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Matthew, what are you recommending this week? I'm recommending a strange new Japanese game show on Netflix called Last One Stand, Last One Standing, which is a kind, almost a little bit like documental, the Japanese don't laugh okay. competition, in that it's got a lot of the same comedians in it, but they're competing to tell funny anecdotes, and whoever tells the least funny anecdote gets killed at uh, killed gets kicked off at the end of the episode um gets heisted but, well the weird thing is though it's it's got this strange framing device where it's all part of like a thriller story and all the comedians have like scripted segments where they're playing quite a serious murder mystery and then it cuts to these segments where they have to tell stories which are kind of set up to tie into the main storyline it's incredibly odd i'd say about Half of it doesn't land because it's really obscure stories about Japanese comedians you've not heard of. But on mm. the odd moments where it does land, it's very, very funny. And if you like documental, it's quite nice seeing the people from that show doing something else because you're like, oh, it's that guy who, you know, stuck an umbrella up his butt to make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, a charity called Books Beyond Bars. Um it's uh, a UK charity. I think there are US uh, versions of it, like a, a US kind of, yeah, a US version that's not technically affiliated, but does the same thing. And it's basically um, sending uh, books to prisoners, specifically LGBTQ plus prisoners. Um, uh, so you can donate money so they can buy and send the books themselves, or you can donate books, or you can you can buy a book that's on the wish list. Um uh, and it's yeah, doing good work, good charity. You and have to doing go and a... pick something really decent after I just talked about ass umbrellas. <laughs> Great, Sorry. I seem so frivolous now. Well, it's because they're doing a charity. They're doing a, a donation drive at the moment. They want to get their donations up. So you know. Sorry, I'll, I'll do ass umbrellas next week. Phew. I'll do something entirely frivolous. <laughs> Nate, what have you got to recommend? I've actually got a proper one this week rather than recommending like, you know, rubber bands or paper. Um, I want to recommend a graphic novel called Europasaurus, uh, which is by a talented German paleo artist called Joshua 
uh, Nupa. I think the pronunciation's right there. Uh, and it's about... So he's basing it on the fossil record from a particular quarry in Germany. Um, and he's just done a little wordless um, graphic novel about the the various animals what lived there at the time. So it's like a nature documentary. Um, and he's, you know, he, he's written little explanatory notes. The edition comes in, uh, um, like, side-by-side English and German. So if, you know, you're on a, a long-term mission to, to learn German, uh, it's great for that as well, especially if you like dinosaurs. Beautifully illustrated, very informative, lovely stuff. Oh, sounds very good. Uh Thank you very much for those recommendations, lads. And thank you, listener, for joining us for this uh, episode 178 of the Electronic Wireless Show. This was the best heists in games. And this is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast. And you can get in touch to make suggestions or just give us some comments uh, at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can also look at Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search Rock Paper Shot and you'll see some fun videos and be able to follow all our articles as they go up. But for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. It's goodbye from us for now this week. Uh, It's me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from Daniel Lake. (laughs) I'll never give the books back. Oh, he's escalated. (laughs) He's spiraling. Uh, This goodbye from Mystery Shopper. Uh, where are your tuna sandwiches? Fuck. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.